Okay. Let's transition into some time of uh, talking about scripture and sharing some stories and things like that. So I want to thank you all for praying for uh, Kay Rudd, uh, my mother-in-law. Um, she's a leader in our church. She's a, someone we all love, and she broke both wrists um, yesterday. And so we're all praying for her. She's at our house. She's with Bruce and Joanne Brooks. We love you guys. We thank you so much for um, watching from home. And I'm so thankful in this crazy time, it made us do live stream, right? Because um, so many people are watching from home now and participating from home. And it's been something we're not used to. Um, and there's pros and cons to it. But I'm really thankful that it allows um, people to participate when they're not well. And um, I'm th I think about the rights. Um, they often participate from home and they send me text messages after service. And Bob and Carol, I love you. And I want to say thank you for that. And um, last week, Fernanda, wave your hand back there. She's from Ecuador and she's returning home pretty soon, but her whole family watches from Ecuador. I mean, isn't that, or watched last week anyway from Ecuador. And so greetings, saludos de los Estados Unidos to whoever's out there. So um, it's just some things we got to remember to be thankful in times when things are so disrupted and uncomfortable too. There's good things happening. So I'm, we're starting a new series called Roots, and um, the purpose of this series is to have some resources and podcasts and things available for people who don't know anything about following Jesus. So, or, or people who maybe are starting to explore or are saying, what is this church thing? What is this Christian thing? What is this thing you all are doing? And so this is the first um, recording we're doing for new believers, for people who are exploring, for seekers. And so for those of you who've been following Jesus for a long time, hopefully this will just ignite your faith and joy once again, remembering when God called you out of the grave and into light, right? And then for those of you who might be listening for the first time, maybe this is some stuff you can consider. Okay, so that's a little introduction to some of the things coming up. But before I talk about roots, I'm going to take a total tangent and talk about dogs <laughs> for a minute. So in 2019, our beloved dog, Ollie, passed away, and that was very sad and shocking and tough. In um, 2020, um, our friend needed to go overseas, and so we cared for her perfect dog, Lucy, for six months. And Lucy was incredible and wonderful. And so um, ever since then, our kids have been begging us, pestering us, making crazy promises all the time that I know they cannot keep. <laughs> all these things, we want a dog, we want a dog. And why do they want a dog? They want that companionship. They want that comfort. They want somebody to play with. Um, they want friendship that a dog can offer. So we've been working on it all summer long, and it's been really hard, and that's another long story you don't need to know, but we found the dog. We found the one. Here he is, Captain Paul Rudd. <laughs> that's his name. <laughs> We're going to call him Cap for short. He's not with us yet. So now what's happening at our house? Thank you. We can take down the adorable puppy that Caleb loves. Now what we're doing is cramming YouTube videos. 
how to train a puppy, how to get a dog to obey, how to potty train, you know, what do you do in public with a dog? All of these things, we are just, okay, whole family, because we all want to be on board. We all want to have the same values for raising this puppy. So one of my favorite tutorials on YouTube is Zach George. I don't get paid for that plug, Zach George. But he has a tutorial that says, three things you teach your puppy. Can anyone guess what the first one is? What's the first thing you teach your puppy? Not you, you've watched the video with me. Yes, potty training, could be potty training. Something else? That I'm the head of the household, not them. Something else, anybody? Live. Potty training, yes, it's so important. <laughs> But th there's something else. Crystal just got it. Of course she did. Crystal would know. <laughs> the first thing, the first thing you teach your puppy is their name and how to recognize when you're calling them. You called my name and I came. <laughs> That's the first thing you teach your puppy. You want your puppy to look you in the eyes, to know to look you in the eye when you call their name. It's a good parenting tip too, because how often, I realized this a, a year or so ago, like how often am I sitting down when my kids are not in trouble and looking them in the eye and having conversations with them? I needed to make that adjustment in my parenting because we do a lot of doing stuff together, but looking them in the eye. The other top three things were to sit and lie down. So you're teaching your dog to be still, present, and attentive. Okay, so I tell you about our family dog search because Jesus is inviting you to be his companion. <laughs> Jesus wants you for a friend. Jesus knows your name. He wants you to recognize when he calls. He wants you to be able to look him in the eye. He wants you to be at rest and at peace and attentive in his presence. And he longs to have you follow him, walk with him, play with him, go through life with his guidance. Okay, so now that I have thoroughly insulted everyone by comparing all of us to dogs, <laughs> I just like to, I'd like to, to pray for a minute and open the rest of this. And so you have time to forgive me if this is <laughs> really problematic. So Lord, you're so good. And we're so thankful for who you are. You're such a good God. When everything else is tough, you're good. When everything else is good, you're good. You're always good. And I just pray today that as we study scripture, tell stories, encourage one another, that we would hear what you want us to hear and then be doers. We don't wanna just be hearers, we wanna do what you'd like us to do and respond the way you want us to respond. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Amen. Okay, I'm going to segue back to roots. This is one of Kay's favorite scriptures from Jeremiah 17. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched lands of the desert in a salt land where no one lives. 
But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green, and it has no worries in a year of drought. It never fails to bear fruit. Jeremiah 17. So there are all these pictures in scripture, lots of metaphors over and over and over again about us being like trees planted by the water. We always bear fruit. The challenge is, is when we're not in Christ, when we're trusting in ourself, it's like we're cursed. When we're trusting in our own strength and our own wisdom, and when we're turned away from the Lord, see the Lord is here and I'm always turned this way. When, I, when I'm turned away from him, I'm like a bush in the wastelands. Have you ever seen those tumbleweeds, you know, going down the freeway or wherever you're at? They're just tumbling along wherever the wind blows. We're not able to see goodness when it comes. And it's, it's like we're out at the salt flats in this parched land. And no one lives out there in the salt flats, do they? So it's lonely too. It's lonely when we're trusting in ourselves and our own ways. But Jeremiah says, blessed, or God says through the prophet Jeremiah, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. They have confidence. They have deep roots. They're not afraid. They're always green. They don't have worries. When we make Jesus higher, like Kelsey said during worship, than those other things, we're not worried in times of drought and difficult times. The Apostle Paul later on is sending, writing a letter to a church in Ephesus. That's Turkey today. And this is what he prays for that church. He says, I pray that from Christ's glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Then you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. You'll be able to experience the love of Christ so it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. When Christ makes his home in your heart and you trust him, you get these roots, spiritual roots that grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. So when Jesus was on earth, he walked around telling everybody stories, all sorts of stories. He'd say, the kingdom of heaven is like a shepherd and a sheep. And he'd tell this story about shepherd and sheep. Or he'd go and tell another story and say, the kingdom of heaven is like fishing in the sea. Or the kingdom of heaven is like going after um, an incredible treasure. So today I'm going to use another analogy, another picture, one that's a little closer to home to us today. The kingdom of heaven is like an aspen tree colony. <laughs> There's, we have this huge, did you know that Utah has supposedly, I mean, everybody's always arguing who has the biggest and the oldest of everything, right? Um, and there's a honey fungus colony in Oregon that some people say is bigger now, but I think we added larger to our aspen tree to make it sound taller and bigger. 
But this aspen tree colony, it's in Fish Lake National Forest down about two and a half hours south of here. And it's supposed to be the oldest and largest living organism in the world. Go Utah, right? It has 40 estimates, right? 47,000 trees, 107 acres. It's estimated to be 80,000 years old, and it's all on the same root system. They all share the exact same root system. I had a hard time finding a picture that illustrated that, but you can kind of see where the, it broke away. They all share the same roots. One of the interesting thing about it is it has these deep um, connected roots and they are what allows it to survive fire, droughts, climate shifts, and disease. And in fact, one single tree can reproduce itself with seed and pollination, but um, during difficult times, drought, fire, shifts in, in climate, all of that kind of stuff, what allows it to survive is its root system and the root system reproduces. So we had too many aspen trees between our neighbor and our backyard. So when we chopped down our dead aspen tree, what happened the next season? Um, saplings everywhere in our backyard shot up. We cut down its ability to produce with seed and pollination. And so what did it say? I'm still here. And they came up. Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And what I love about this picture of the Aspen colony is you're not alone. 47,000 other, how many other believers in God's big family? And always little saplings are coming up out of this root system and we're growing. You think about a tree being anchored in one spot, not so with an aspen colony. The church is always moving and growing and changing and it can withstand change in time. So this series about roots, it's all about invitations, invitations to place your trust in Jesus Christ and to follow him, to be like that tree that can stretch to the heavens and grow and be strong and withstand life and follow him into new terrain. So when I tell you about putting your trust in Jesus instead of in your own self, in your own plan, in your own life vision, why would you do this? Why would you do this? Let's just repeat those, those things. They keep you strong. Having these roots in Christ give you the power to understand his incredible love. So it's a mind thing, a head thing. But then you experience the love of Christ. So then you have an experience. It's not just head knowledge. It's experiential. And then you're made complete with the fullness of life and you have power that comes from God. Isn't that incredible? Amen? Okay, how? How do I do this? How do I grow my roots in Christ? How do I access this deep and wide and long love? When Jesus came to earth, 
He constantly went around from town to town telling people about the good news that he called the kingdom of God. And he contrasted his kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, to the kingdoms of the world and the kingdom of darkness. So think for a minute. All you have to do is remember whatever latest news you listen to. Or maybe just in your own life, all the ugly and darkness that you've experienced in life. I mean, we've got enough ugly and darkness in our own families and our own neighborhoods and our on news to find a lot of ugly and darkness, don't we? Could be things like abuse, greed, neglect, abandonment, loneliness, fear, violence, substance abuse, addictions, all this stuff that tries to harm us in our relationships, right? Well, in Colossians, it says this about Jesus. He rescued us. Hold on here. Could we get to the Colossians passage? Oh, that's okay. Oh, thanks. Thanks. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves and whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. We get rescued. Jesus came to rescue us from that bad kingdom and bring us into the kingdom of light. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, he came in the flesh and says, I want to rescue you. I want to bring you into a new kingdom. I want to bring you out of the tomb and into glorious light. So how did he do this? How does this happen? When we read the gospels, Jesus said three things all the time, often. He said a lot of stuff, but these things he repeated too. He said, repent, believe, and follow me. And when this happens, something extraordinary, something supernatural happens in us. We don't even totally know how to describe it, but I'm going to try. But when it happens, we begin to understand with our head and experience with our lives love in a new way. We're brought from a kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light. So for the next rest of this talk, I'm going to talk a bit about repentance, belief, and following. Repent, man, that can be a triggering word, can't it? I mean, maybe an ugly billboard comes to mind. Repent or turn or burn. Or maybe somebody on a corner yelling at you with a placard to repent. You know, those are like, ooh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be part of that. Or maybe it reminds you of a time where you were kind of finagled into, felt pressured into a, some kind of a confessional that was awkward and felt shameful and difficult. Ugh. Is that what Jesus meant? Sometimes for us, we think it's as easy as just, I'm just going to stop doing bad things and doing good things when we try that. But sometimes we kind of lapse into those old patterns and it just doesn't seem to work. I want to do an illustration in a bit, but first, let me read this definition. To repent is to make a decision to leave one way of life and set out on another. It requires a change of heart that results in a change of direction. Amen. So, Caleb, can you come on up, come down here, please? So much. Thank you so much, Caleb. And Steve, with your pack. So I'm going to have, look, guys, I brought stuff today. 
I brought toys, literally, today. <laughs> See, here we have some stuff. Okay, Caleb, you stand up here, right there. Steve, come stand right here on, on this side of the podium, right here. Kind of close by because of the camera stuff. Are we good with camera? Okay, so this is my son, Caleb. I think he's really smart. <laughs> I think he's really strong. <laughs> he's really charming. <laughs> and he comes from a really good family, can I just say, right? <laughs> Swipe right, says Tom. I think so. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> he has everything going for him. And he's got this life vision over here that he is after, okay? But let's just say, um, and, and he's over here, and let's just say he doesn't know Jesus, and, or he's been told about Jesus even, but he's like, I am just not interested in Jesus. And Jesus is calling his name every once in a while. Caleb. <laughs> say it a little louder. Caleb. <laughs> But, 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 oh, look at that. <laughs> he just turned the other way. He's like, no. And so this is what happens in life. There is so much fun, good stuff that happens in life. Uh, Jane would say these are especially good. So put out your hands. So little stuffies, you know, um, little friends, uh, school experiences, um, uh, skills like coloring and art and uh, family experiences and family history and, and tough things that happen and bad things that happen. And he has, he has some bad habits that he's trying to keep under control. And Caleb, Caleb, <laughs> Jesus is calling him, but oh, this stuff is so much more fun to look at. He's got a ball to play fetch with his new dog. He's got all this stuff and he's got stuff to build and stuff to work and stuff to do. So he's got Legos and he's got more stuff and more stuff. I meant to bring so much stuff that he can't carry it. And so, but one day he has a problem and, um, and he's trying to carry all this stuff and he realizes that things are starting to get dark. And he, he has all this fun stuff in his hand and, and Jesus is calling and he's still just kind of out here going his own direction, seeking his own life plan. And then there's just more stuff piling on. And I thought he wouldn't be able to carry all this, but look at him. Oh, okay. He's starting to drop things and his vision is even getting blurrier. Let's see. Let's see if I can put this on you. And pretty soon, he cannot see where he is going. <laughs> and he's pursuing his own life direction, and he can't carry all this stuff. And Jesus is calling. Caleb, Caleb he's trusting in his own strength. Caleb. He's trusting in his own power. But one day, he just realizes, I can't do this anymore. So, so he turns to Jesus and he calls out to Jesus and he says, Jesus, help me, I have a change of heart. Jesus, help me, I have a change of heart. <laughs> and Jesus comes and he puts all this stuff in, in his backpack, which he needs to take off. 
<laughs> to be able to put it all in his backpack. Here, here, hold that for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus handed it back to him. That's not quite how it works, but it is actually kind of how it works. <laughs> here, it's a partnership. Caleb just reminded me, and that is so true. There's all this stuff and Jesus doesn't ignore it. It doesn't just go away because there's consequences and stuff that happens with all this that affects our life, good and bad, all sorts of stuff. But Jesus takes it, zip up, zip it up, Jesus. <laughs> Go give that to Jesus too. Give him your darkness and your glasses. Oh, he doesn't want those. Look, he's rejecting these. No, don't put it back on. <laughs> So next thing you know it, not only has he given this stuff to Jesus, but go over there with Jesus. Now they're going to journey off and do life together. Thank you guys. Thank you. So that's just an illustration. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's just an illustration. Galatians 5 says this. These are strong words in Galatians 5. Hold on a minute here. Um, Caleb and, and Corky, could you help us find Galatians 5? Did I not put it in there? Oh, funny. I didn't put it in there. <laughs> I didn't put it in the PowerPoint. I got Corky's extra help, and then I didn't put it in the PowerPoint. Let me read it to you. It's obvious what kind of life develops. This is the message version out of trying to get your own way all the time. I like hearing it in the message because it sounds different than what us church folks are used to. Life, this is what kind of life develops. It's repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants. Isn't that tree in the desert, right? A brutal temper, an, an impotence to love or be loved, Divided homes, divided lines, lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, vicious, vicious habits of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions and ugly parodies of community. Ooh, that hurts. That's what happens when we're turned this way and going after our own things. And Jesus is over here calling our name and saying, come, look at me. I wanna help you with that stuff. Okay, I wanna tell you a story about a man named Nicodemus in the Bible. He was a Pharisee which means he was a religious man, highly educated. He was a ruler in his community. 
He specialized in the law, or if you want to put it another way, in how to live your best life. Call 1-800-BEST-LIFE. <laughs> I don't think he was that trivial, but... He knew what was going on. He was probably wealthy because of his education. He had a significance and authority and power in his community. He could be compared to a modern day pastor or priest or bishop, right? But this rabbi, this teacher, Nicodemus, had been seeing Jesus and what he was doing. And he comes to Jesus and he says, Rabbi, teacher, you're a teacher who has come from God. I know this because you, no one else could perform the signs you were doing if God was not with him. It's like Nicodemus sees Jesus and says, you're not of the kingdoms of this world. You gotta be with the kingdoms of heaven. Like I can see this, this is clear. It's not a question, it's just a statement. But Jesus looks at him and says, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Then Nicodemus says, what do you mean? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Then Jesus replies, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Wow. You were born once naturally, right? You were in your mother's womb, that dark, even comfortable place. And all of a sudden you got sent out of the womb and you started using your voice for the first time and your eyes were massaged open and you responded to this bright light and you were wrapped in a blanket and washed. And your mother maybe nursed you and your father maybe held you. And Jesus is inviting you to that whole process once again, <laughs> but not in a natural way, in a spiritual way. Jesus is inviting you to become out of a spiritual darkness into a spiritual light. Have your eyes massaged open so you can see a spiritual world in a new way. Use your voice in a new way. Be nurtured and cared for in a healthy and whole way that maybe your own parents couldn't have provided for you. Jesus is inviting you to be born again and to learn to walk again in a new way. John 3, 16 through 17 says, this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Think about <laughs> a new baby being born and they're a mess. They're bloody, they're crying, they're gooey. They don't, they don't know how to do anything. They don't even know how to look you in the eye yet. And you start judging that baby for their bad performance. <laughs> do you know a single parent or doctor or nurse who would dare do that? This little mass of mess comes out of the womb and we look at it and we adore it and we love it, and we say, you're the most incredible thing we've ever seen. Jesus didn't come to judge us. He came to love us. 
and care for us and give us a new life and a new family that's rooted in an ancient tradition and way of life with roots that go down deep, that can withstand so many things. John 17, three says, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. There's life when we know Jesus. That's eternal life. It's not something that happens to you just when you die, though we, be, we believe in heaven and we believe in eternity, right? But it starts right here, right now, living in wholeness in life right now. Jesus wants you to turn to him, believe in him, and follow him so you can know him and know eternal life. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life begins. You have a new father. You don't belong to the father of darkness, Satan. You don't even identify with a natural father anymore. Some of us have good fathers, some of us have bad fathers. And of course we identify with them in a natural way, but we have a greater identity with God, children of God, children in a new kingdom. Romans 8, 14 through 15, all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. You have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. Abba is like Hebrew or Aramaic, I can't remember, for daddy. It's like a familiar, it's a familiar word. We get that kind of familiar, familiarity, sorry, with the God who created giant, Aspen colonies and mushroom honey fungus and Niagara Falls and I don't know, just all of these incredible stars in the universe. We get to call him Abba and be that connected and close to him. Okay, so to repent is to make a decision to leave one way of life and set out on another. It requires a change of mind and heart that results in a change of direction. To believe means you start a personal, trusting relationship with Jesus. When things get hard, when drought comes, when fire comes, you say, I trust you, Jesus, to help me through this season. I believe you that you're gonna help me. I believe that you're gonna carry my pack. I believe that you're gonna guide me. And to follow, is to start moving in a way of life that is visible and audible in Jesus. A way of speaking and thinking, imagining, dreaming and praying that is congruent with Jesus's ways. It's not just head, it's body, it's movement, it's physical. It's, it changes the way you walk in the earth. Romans 10 says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So what happens when you're born again? What happens when you make this decision like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to follow Jesus. Here's what's so cool. There's a security of that root system, of those other trees around you, and most of all, the love of God that roots you. John 10, this is one of those times when Jesus compares himself to a shepherd. This is one of those stories when he compares himself to a shepherd. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. Caleb, Caleb. They listen to my voice. I know them. I know my son. And they follow me. They follow me. And I give them eternal life. And they will never perish. And no one can snatch them away from me. Isn't that awesome? I like to imagine the saplings in the middle of that giant colony. You know, they're just protected in there. The other thing that happens when we follow Jesus is we become friends. John 15, 15. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. Jesus doesn't pull this baby out, this newborn baby out and say, okay, I'm so glad you were born. I've got, you're going to be my slave. I'm going to judge you and make you my slave. (laughs) You ready for this life, baby? No. It's like, I love you. I want to live life with you. I want to be family together. I want to teach you the fullness, the heights, the depths, the widths of love. And my love is so incredible for you, baby, that you can't even grasp it. You don't even understand the fullness of it and how amazing it is. And when you grow up, we're gonna be friends and we're gonna do stuff together and we're gonna work on stuff together and we're gonna go places together and we're gonna grow things together and it's, we're gonna explore and it's gonna be amazing. So um, I wanna finish with, um, can we go back to almost to the beginning, that Ephesians 3 passage? Um, the Ephesians 3 one, thank you. Um, go to the first, the one above it. It's in, thank you. I just want to finish this one more time. Today there's an invitation for you. And this is our prayer for, for everyone here that we could know that from Christ's glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you will have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, 
that you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Amen. So could we stand? Um, I'm going to invite the band back up. It's so cool, that song, Glorious Day. I mean, it's just a salvation song. That's what it is. It's a born-again song. It's about coming out of the tomb, coming out of the womb. I was like, I did not even plan that song. These guys planned that song. And I'm like, man, it just repeats. Um, <laughs> it repeats the message. And everyone remembers songs better than they remember messages, right? Let's be honest. <laughs> So um, we're going to finish with that. But if you're here today and you would like to respond to this message, uh, you can chat with me. You can talk with someone who maybe greeted you when you came here. You can talk with almost anyone in this room and say, I want to be born again. I want to follow Jesus. I want to turn from a kingdom of darkness and into a kingdom of life. So if that's you today, just talk to me. We have prayer over here for anyone who's interested. It doesn't have to just be about the message. It could be about anything. We have a prayer team over here. We'd love to pray with you. And uh, we would just like to welcome you into the Aspen colony. <laughs> so um, Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for everyone who's listening with us. And thank you that um, when we come into your kingdom, and we come into your glorious light, it's such a rejoicing experience. When we turn, when you call our name, it's such a beautiful thing to experience. And I pray that um, everyone who's listening would remember that time they first turned or would remember that joy and share it with someone else. In Jesus' name, amen.